And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully, you guys are having a terrific week. Uh, great show for you today. I'm joined by my brother, Tyler Grant. Uh, always a great time talking to Ty. And uh, uh, Tyler is a, a lawyer working in corporate finance, so uh, he, he kind of broke down uh, what his world is like um, working in, in, in the world of, of corporate finance uh, amid uh, runs on banks and, and all the uh, uncertainty in the entire financial sector right now. Um, really interesting stuff there. I think you guys will enjoy it. We obviously broke down uh, the latest in the, the potential Trump indictment and uh, Trump's attacks on Ron DeSantis and, and all the latest uh, as well. So I think you guys will enjoy it. If you haven't already, guys, please follow us on Twitter at No Gimmicks Pod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you subscribe. If you're an Apple user, please take a couple seconds to leave us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate that. And if you like the show and want to get involved, you can support us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks Podcast. All right, without further ado, the great Tyler Grant. All right, guys, we're here with my brother, Tyler Grant. Ty, how you been, man? Good. Busy. Keeping uh, keeping everything from melting down over here. How is the uh, first couple of weeks of being a daddy? It's uh, tiring, you know? Like, I haven't really slept in a long time, but, I mean, it's good, man. Like, everybody's healthy and happy, so I can't complain. I could, but I won't, you know? Yeah, man, I mean, it's like you're constantly worried about, like, keeping this tiny little human alive, so... You know, we've been successful at that for two weeks. So, you know, I'm 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 intentionally setting the bar low for myself originally. Just you know, just we'll get this whole thing started, and then we'll get better at parenting as we move on. I think it's gonna be kind of funny when you know she's like ten, eleven, twelve, or she's like, Dad, how was you know how was like the first week? Of, you know, tell me about my birth, the first week of life, or whatever. You're like, well. Ooh, let me tell you, it was a financial crisis. The, <laughs> the Democrats went after a sitting or former United States president and had him arrested. There was chaos in the streets, but we were really blessed to have you. <laughs> yeah, man. Like it, it was, it is a, it is a, a nice feeling at first. Like my wife and I, we just did not care what was going on outside of our house. Like we just, like it, it did not matter. Like every else, everything else seemed just meaningless you know what i mean like it's nothing yeah. else matters well, i mean you're, you're focused on not like how to we get we can't break her we we have to yeah, make yeah. sure that she's slept we have to make sure everything oh, is it is that bottle is that the right kind of concentration <laughs> of all that oh how oh, are yeah, you man. feeling how are you feeling are you sleeping did you fall asleep on her oh my god you know like okay, yeah i hear you man oh yeah i mean so. just like wake up in the middle of the night just like oh my gosh did i do something like did i leave the baby somewhere like you know it's just like it's this crazy fear all the time and then it totally switched like maybe a week ago where like I started paying attention to what was going on in the world again and just got extremely angry. <laughs> You're like, I'm like, all right, I've got this kid now. I really want the world to get better. And you savages are burning it all down. You know, I, I was going to ask, like, ha- has there been like a, have you, have you felt like that pivot that everybody talks about where the, you know, the world looked kind of one way and you know, you were, you were always like a passionate patriot before that. But now that you have a child and you're looking ahead to the future, 
have you felt that there's like a hey hey i got a i got a kid now i'm trying to preserve the future here what are you what are you guys doing have you felt oh, that oh or? yeah man yeah especially because i had a daughter i feel like right. i would it, right. it wouldn't be as extreme if i had a boy just because like you know I, mean, I can take care of my, I, I can take care of myself. You know what I mean? I, I have an arsenal of weapons right. and ammunition. I know how to fight. You know, like I can, I go out and kill my own meat to eat and grow my own vegetables. And it's like, you know, I'm, I'm pretty self-sufficient. Like I can kind of take care of things. But it's like when you have a little girl, you're like, oh man, no. Like we got, we yeah. got, we got to fix this, fix this thing, man. And I have noticed also, I mean, I've had a whole bunch of people because you know I'm a radical politically. I'm extraordinarily <laughs> radical. You know, I, I'm an anarchist, all of that. And everyone's like, well, you know, you, you're going to, it'll soften the edges a little bit becoming a dad. You're going to be a little less radical. Let me tell you, my friend, anything but. <laughs> anything, the exact opposite. I am I am more radical in my politics than ever before. I mean, if anything, it has just pushed me just further off the bottom right of the political spectrum. <laughs> you know, it is just like, yeah, man. Anything but. If if I was going to become less radical, I, I don't know, man. It, it did not happen. Sorry, sorry to disappoint everybody that was hoping for that, but it just ain't happening yeah, and, for your boy. Yeah, and for the, for the FBI that's listening, what he means by radical is that right. he wants to live in the woods by himself and be left alone with yes. his family. He's not saying that he wants to overthrow the government or anything no, no, like no. that. It's mainstream radical. Like, don't put him on a list. Don't put me on a list. Don't tell my law firm. Okay? <laughs> Thanks. I mean, I'm probably already on the list, but definitely don't put Ty on the list. That would that'd be. Oh, God, dude, I got yeah, I got a couple more student loans to pay off, and then then you can put me <laughs> on whatever list. I, at, at that point, I'll I'll be on farm, and I won't care. Right. So, dude, before we get into news of the day stuff, um, obviously you yes. can't get into specifics uh, for obvious reasons, but um, just for for the listeners at home, just explain what you do on a daily basis and how it's been these last this last month or so, because your your whole professional world has kind of been turned upside down here recently. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a I'm a structured finance attorney for a la, large law firm with uh, you know big offices in New York and uh, D.C. mainly, and uh, we do all different types of structured finance and securitization. So this particular financial crisis as it were is, has been particularly effective for us uh we've got uh obviously svb bank uh folding after uh sort of a run on the bank has created a lot of question marks in the marketplace about where are deposits and how are our deposits safe and how does that protect different types of loan arrangements and structured products that we have out and our firm has, has done a particularly good job at creating a, a task force to aggregate information for a lot of our clients who have questions about these uh, different types of products that exist and whether or not they need to be doing anything uh, forward looking to protect themselves as we go forward. And also there's just a lot of question marks in the marketplace about what's going to happen. Is there going to be federal intervention in this, whether from the Fed, the Treasury or the White House, and whether or not there will be private intervention, other banks coming in and um, putting deposits in and smaller tier banks as we've seen in a couple of different instances with first republic and svb and whether or not um bridge banks can actually uh make good on their their arrangements and their their covenants and agreements that they have in place so it's been a complicated couple of weeks and it's it's definitely an evolving process a lot of calls a lot of working working with clients and having discussions about what workout arrangements would look like or if we're needing to do anything in any of our structured products going forward that we can better um, protect from this type of 
sort of externality, crazy circumstance that all came together at, at once to take down, you know, one of the larger banks. So it's a, it's been a busy couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I assume so. I, you know, I, I assume your, your clients are, are pretty nervous across the board right now. They're not really getting any guidance from the white house or, or from Powell or Yellen or, or any of these people. It, it seems like, the administration is just kind of flying by the seat of their pants right now. They're not really giving any clear-cut guidance on what is coming down the pike. And I just have to imagine these people behind the scenes are are extremely nervous. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of our clients are, are really well capitalized. So there is not as much concern from them of like a, an SVB run. Obviously, if you have some massive market-moving run on banks, I mean, there's really nothing... The banks can do about it in the modern banking regime where it's, you know, the money doesn't, you know, you're not giving $100 to Wells Fargo and Wells Fargo's t- turning around, handing your $100 and setting it in a vault somewhere. And you can, you know, Scrooge McDuck it like that's just not a, a thing that exists right. in modern banking. So, I mean, if, obviously, if there was a massive crisis of confidence in the American banking system by the general public, that would be a very nerve wracking situation. Although I did see a statistic the other day that was like the average American only has like ten thousand dollars in the bank so you know we're talking about if the big depositors started freaking out and withdrawing well above fdic limit or fdic insurance limits and there had to be some sort of stoppage there or there was concern about liquidity of different banks that would be sort of the doomsday scenario and i haven't i've seen a lot of information that comes across where yellen and some of the other larger banking institutions have said they're well capitalized and trying to ensure that people don't feel that crisis of confidence. So, you know, right now I'm tentatively positive though. It does highlight some issues of insurance that we have had to explore over the past couple of weeks. And so, I mean, you know, like anything else, um, we'll see. I mean, there is sort of a, a crisis scenario. I, I haven't actually looked today if, if the Fed um, moved the um, the interest rate up uh, 50 basis points, like they said that they were going to do, or if they lowered it, or if they kept it the same, because that always has sort of a crisis of confidence sort of tune to it, depending on which way it goes. And, and it has cascading implications with a lot of our deal structures and, and deals and whether or not people go pencils down on, on things. So I guess we'll see how that comes across today as well. It, it seems, and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be the first one to admit, I've kind of been out of touch these last few weeks for obvious reasons. So I haven't read into everything as, as much as I, I wanted to, but it, it seems to me like we could be facing a situation where it could, like what we saw with Credit Suisse, um, like these indirect, do you think I, I could see our government going the route of these kind of indirect bailouts, you know, like it would be real tough right now for Congress to pass. Like, let's say, you know, other larger banks start failing. Um, God forbid, mm-hmm. I, you know, I mean, anything could happen, but it would be tough for Congress to pass, you know, a couple trillion dollar bailout to the banks. I mean, I don't think the American people would go for that, but it seems like they might try to thread this needle of these indirect bailouts where, they encourage a private takeover by a, a larger bank and then give assurances to that bank. Um, is that, do you see that coming down the pipe? It, it seems like that, if I had to guess, that would be 
where I'd put my money because they can kind of get away with claiming they're not bailing out the the, the fat cats when they kind of are. And it's, I don't know. I, I kind of think they're going to take that angle and try to make it more palatable to the American people. Yeah, I mean, I think a, a bailout, I think, is sort of an ex post problem. And I think that if the Biden administration and the Treasury and the Fed wanted to be give a lot of people assurances. Number one, they need to consolidate their message and not have Yellen saying one thing, the Biden administration bringing the Ted Lasso crew to the White House and not saying anything at all. They need to have a concerted message that they are going to ensure that banks and depositors are protected up to the amount that is in their bank account. And whether or not that's millions of dollars or you know $10,000, they need to ensure confidence in the American people to avoid bank runs where you see, you know, dozens and dozens and dozens of founders of different Silicon Valley companies lining up in San Francisco, withdrawing their, you know, entire company's money from banks. We have to, you know, you have to ensure that. I don't, I don't, Yellen has already said that uh, it seems as though they will be looking at a test that evaluates whether or not a depository institution is, you know, quota, it wasn't a, it wasn't too big to fail, but it was like systemically could, could pose a systemic contagion or something like that. And, you know, like, what does that mean? You know (laughs) what I mean? And in the modern day of, of Twitter, it's like, if a bank that everybody knows about says that, you know, we're, we can't cover your deposits and everybody runs to that bank and pulls everything out and, tries to move money around our economy, I mean, that that inherently is a, is a systemic failure of a banking institution where there's not, you know, there's not a zillion of them in the country. So, you know, you're talking about creating a problem. So I think that they got to work that out. I put it you know, from my conversations and from what I'm seeing in you know, our, our task force that we have at the firm and other places that those conversations are taking place. And I do think that unlike 2008, there seems to be, number one, a lot more adults in the room. And number two, the adults in the room that are in the room from last time remember last time and are trying to implement things that are a little more forward looking to avoid the catastrophe that was 2008. So that gives me a little more confidence. That being said, I mean, you know, there are so many different factors at play now. I mean, that we, you know, we can get into later in the call where it's, whether it's uh, the Russia-Ukraine conflict, whether it's China-Russia, any number of other externalities can can pose actual systemic threats to our, our economy. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of balls in the air right now. Um, definitely doesn't inspire confidence over here where I'm sitting, but you know we'll, we'll definitely see what happens, and I'll we'll definitely check in maybe w- with you in like a month. You know, see see how this is all shaking out too. Um, so let's get to obviously the big news of the day. And this is this Trump indictment stuff. Um, and we'll get to DeSantis and everything else, but man, I I was told by, uh, several Trump fundraising emails (laughs) that, that, uh, the former president, uh, was going to get hauled off and changed yesterday. So, um, I, for one, am shocked, shocked that, uh, that this seems to be more of a fundraising gimmick than anything else. And not that the libs aren't going to try to arrest them. They will, but, um, yeah, I mean, this is this big blow up over the weekend, and why won't everybody defend poor Donald Trump and, and everything? It's like, come on, man! Like they they said it was a coordinated fundraising push <laughs> at the exact moment he posted that on on Truth Social. So, uh, I, I for one, I'm shocked. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess we'll see. It, it just sort of, I you know, you, you're seeing a lot of the all the uh, kind of the the steps are in place to do the lib um, prosecution that they anticipate. You know, I saw a profile of the the DA in Politico, and I saw the Manhattan. You know, you know, NYPD is is moving things around to get, be prepared. There are reports that say that he is going to be indicted, um, you know, so it, it does seem like he will be arrested. I'm not sure how that that's going to work. And I saw a couple of different reports that say that the Secret Service is not going to let him be hauled off in handcuffs or anything like that. I mean, you know, to just as a fundraising arm, I do think it is kind of the Trump fundraising arm is interesting because it is a very like powerful fundraising arm, though, I, I do think that the GOP has gotten just really muddled with how they're doing their fundraising because you got you got like Act Red, right? And then you have the Trump fundraising arm and then you have the GOP. It's all kind of working sort of in unison, but not really in unison. And then you have all these these posts or whatever that are like getting money to candidates but some of the money that goes to trump doesn't always go to the candidates and some of the money that goes to the candidate I, it's just it's all it's all a little muddled so i think the gop needs to kind of wrangle that that back in a little bit i mean obviously fundraising off of you know potentially being arrested for paying <laughs> hush money to a strip stripper i don't porn star whatever stormy daniels bills herself out these days i you know I find that a little uh, morally peculiar, but uh, you know, that's, that's me, but uh, it's one way to how's the thing. Yeah. I mean, I, but then also, I mean, God, man, you know, again, I'm a, I'm a lawyer that handles corporate structured finance, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I, I you know, took the bar to be admitted in Florida in July past. You're welcome. And, <laughs> I don't know, study the constitution in that process. And let me just tell you some of these hot legal takes that are like, Oh my God. should like line up the, the Florida <laughs> national guard at the border and not let the, you know, the New Yorkers just, you know, arrest Trump in the state of Florida and drag him back. It's just like, what, like what, what reading of the constitution to like, fair, you know, I just, I don't know, man. There's just some things that you see people and you see them online, and they're the, they're they're pundits that you know. They're they're people that you you generally respect their takes, and then there's something out there like that, and you're kind of like, bro, you have you have no inkling of what you're talking about. There, this is not you know, Trump like landing in, I don't know, like Argentina and being right. like, don't extradite me back to the U.S. Like it's. That's not how states work. Man. No, like, I know. I, it's, it's, he's not declaring, you know, Trump can't declare sanctuary in the country of Florida. But it's like none of this makes any. I mean, it's the same as like the, uh, you know, Mike Pence can overturn the election if he wants to because he's the vice president or something. You know, it's yeah, like, I, what, I, I thought what I, are we it's doing? the same tactic. It's a very, very, it's, a, it's, it's, it's not even savvy. It's just kind of a, it's a peculiar easy. tactic of like, Oh yeah, no. If, if this one guy does this one thing, then everything would be all fixed. And it's like, I I don't know. Maybe just maybe, if you hire attorneys that are not sophomoric in their way in which they go about things, 
Maybe things go a little bit differently. Maybe you don't have a Michael Cohen situation. Maybe, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. Who, who am I? I? You know, I'm not I'm not in the, the inner sanctum of all this, but it is it is a weird tactic. And, you know, I saw a lot of people saying DeSantis, you know, DeSantis should have he should have stepped in the in the gap and he should he should fight and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, what what does Santa DeSantis possibly have to gain from this? Like he he makes a statement that is perfectly normal. And that's that, you know, I mean, it, he's not it's not his duty to, you know, fly up to New York and, you know, or, you know, drag the D.A. to Florida and arrest him or something like that. What did what did they want him to do exactly? Yeah, there's nothing no, legally well, that he could do. I mean, it's not in his purview whatsoever as governor of Florida. And yeah, I, I just don't get it. I mean, it's like. It would the, be really, it would be really funny if he was like, "Here's what we're gonna do. <laughs> we're gonna take a lot of alligators in the state of Florida, and we're gonna surround Mar-a-Lago, and we challenge the NYPD to get in there and get Donald. <laughs> you're not, you're not getting through our moat full of gators, bro. Not at all. And then, but beyond the beyond the gators, we got a bunch of Florida men, and we we found the Florida men. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, I mean, like the it's such childlike thinking. It's like Ron DeSantis should fight, and then question mark, question mark, question mark. Trump is president again, or something. It's like Mike Pence overturns the election. It's like, what What are we doing? Like, what? It is crazy. And, like, just, I mean, I'll get torn apart in the comments because anytime I criticize Trump for anything, the drones on Twitter yell at me. It's like you just hit a brain worm or something and they just scream at you. It's super weird. But, like, yes, I'm against this George Soros DA, Alvin Bragg, trying to persecute Trump for no reason. Like, of course, I'm against this. It's an abuse of power. Like, yeah, I, I get it. The libs are crazy. And they'll they'll indict Trump for something, and they'll get their photo op in New York or, or whatever. But, I mean, like, Trump will win in court, but the case makes no sense. It's actually past the statute of limitations anyway. It happened 60 years ago. So, like, I mean, there's nothing there. I mean, Trump will be fine. Um, but, like, man, we are so screwed. We are so screwed as a country. I, I, I just... If Trump wins the nomination, it just means... Just look at his behavior over the last handful of days here. If he's the nominee, it's four more years of Biden destroying the economy, destroying the world. If I had any hope that Trump could win a general election again, that hope is now gone. I mean, his his behavior has been all over the place. He does not possess the political skill to win a general election anymore. He's just not the same guy he was in 2016. And the fact that he's not even mad at the Democrats for trying to imprison him, <laughs> you know what I mean? He's not even mad at Joe Biden for destroying the American economy and flirting with nuclear war with Russia. He's mad at Ron DeSantis because Ron is a popular Republican and Donald Trump is a big, fat, jealous baby. You know, my, my daughter is two weeks old and she cries far less than Donald Trump and her arguments make about as much sense as Trump's. Okay, like this is just what I'm watching from the former president right now. It's like, dude, he's, he'd lose 40 states to Biden, I think. I, I, I think he'd have absolutely no chance whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think it's it's just so there, there is something sort of undisciplined about his team that I, I just think people could get behind a very, very simple message of the Democrats destroying norms from in every different aspect of society and saying, oh, here's another example of, you know, I, I went by the book, and if I didn't go by the book, then this is something that we could handle in a fine or something like that. I mean, I you know, I, I think it was Russell Brand. Russell Brand pointed out that 
the Clinton campaign who paid for the Steele dossier that was a total fabrication using legal funds within their campaign apparatus was only issued a fine. I mean, we're talking about something that is not a, you know, lock you up in handcuffs at the level of being a former United States president. And, you know, if, if you just stayed on message, this is another example of the Democrats destroying norms. This is another example, you know, like the make America great again thing would make a lot of sense. But when it's like the same team, same team, Republicans don't like that. Like, you know, you, you, you attack everyone that's not the people that are going with you. That's that's crazy. Um, it also doesn't exactly work against one of the more popular governor, governors in the whole United States of America. But I don't know. I I don't know that he loses to Biden, but I feel still very confident based upon our previous conversations that there is no world in which Joe Biden becomes the nominee. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I, there is just no world in which that dude is president at like 85 or oh, whatever I think, it is. I think it's likely that he is. I just, there's no chance. That would oh, be d- terrifying. Oh dude. I, that's, I think you're underestimating the Democrats, man. They just don't care. They don't care. They all know. I, I don't. I don't think I am though. I they they literally have a, a DA who clearly wants to be the next like who wants to take Chuck Schumer's seat or something who is going to go after on a misdemeanor a former United States president in New York on like a corporate malfeasance charge and I mean that level of like hunger for politics and just saying you know, screw norms. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm coming for you. That, that is what they do. That is the straight democratic playbook. I, I just, I refuse to believe that there's a hundred Democrats that want to be president out there that are going to just sit by and say, Hey, I'm going to buy, buy my time for another four years. There's just no way. No, they will, they're, man. They're, they're, they're they too will. thirsty. No, 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 no. I don't know, man. No? It's the, the DNC They're the parties are just so different, man. The Democrats just fall. I mean, like, AOC vote is continuously voting to send money to Ukraine. You know what I mean? Like Rashida Tlaib is is voting over and over to send more money to Ukraine. Like these people, like they just they do, do they just do they what the party says, man. And the voters do too. I mean, the voters just believe the propaganda and vote blue no matter who. It's like they've they're the 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 collectivist nature of the Democratic Party is complete <laughs> at this point. I mean, they, they will line—I I think you're wrong, man. I think they're just going to line up behind Biden. And, I mean, it, you know, if he dies, God forbid, or, or is completely, you know, like Woodrow Wilson-style, completely incapacitated, you know, that would be a, a different story. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> or not. I don't know. I, I, I do think—I don't know. I, I think they're just going to line up behind Joe again. And, I don't know, if, if Trump's the guy— like the Democrats want. I mean, the Democrats want Trump. I mean, they're desperate for Trump to to be the nominee. I think if it's DeSantis or somebody else, you know, independents like your you know suburban women and stuff might take another look at the Republican. But if it's Trump, man, I mean, he's whittled his support down to like 30, 35 percent of the country. And he's just you're not going to. I don't know. I mean, Biden could be literally dead and beat Trump at this point. I just don't. I don't know. And like the thing is about and, and you mentioned the fundraising, the Trump's campaign and the, the reason why I'm so pessimistic about Trump's chances in a general election is because it's nothing like his campaign in 2016. 
he's campaigning exactly how he did in 2020 and 2022, which were both cataclysmic failures. You know, like his campaign strategy right now is to pay all these Twitter trolls to talk shit about DeSantis. It's like that Alex guy from X Strats and a bunch of these other like paid tweeters for the Trump campaign. That's literally the campaign strategy is to pay people to tweet things about his political opponents. And that's just not like ginning up crap online is not going to win elections. Like that's what he did in 2020. It didn't work. That's what he did in 2022 and it didn't work. You know, in the midterms, he just attacked all the Republicans he didn't like, raised a ton of money, like an absolute metric ton of money. And didn't give any of it to his handpicked candidates. You know, he gave one, like, for example, he gave 1% of the money he raised in 22 to Blake Masters, his handpicked uh, senatorial candidate in a swing state. So it's like, man, that's not, it's just not going to work. Like, he, they're not even campaigning in a way that could possibly win one of these swing states. That, that's what's troubling me the most. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's that, I mean, I, I don't, I don't disagree with that at all. I mean, I think the big, the whole, the whole race entirely for 2024 comes down to Pennsylvania, maybe a little bit of Georgia, Nevada, Wisconsin, and Michigan. Arizona. Every other state. Yeah. I, just, I mean, after the Cary Lake disaster, yeah. I yep. just, yeah. I mean, have they even finished counting votes in Arizona? Like, are we still, I don't know. Who knows? No one knows. Maricopa County is still, they're still finding them in different, you know, drawers and whatnot. I mean, it's just a total... Right. You know, crapshoot of a state. The state party is a total disaster. Yeah. And it's just, you know, I, I have zero confidence. I, I put them in a blue blue camp entirely. So if, you know, he needs to win three of five of those that I just listed. And I, I don't know. I, I just if, if Trump goes out there and he does the the Trump of 2016, where he goes and he gets the blue collar workers back on the team, he gets suburban women to either stay home and not vote or a couple of them to come over to his side and get Pennsylvania, then, you know, you got a fighting shot. Same thing with Georgia. He's got to get all, all of North, North, uh, North Fulton County and all of Forsyth County to either the suburban women need to stay home or they need to go out and a couple of them need to like stomach a vote for Trump. And I don't know, it's going to be difficult. You know, you saw a brutal campaign in Georgia with Herschel Walker and then, you know, the, the, I guess the runoff that took place. I mean, it was just brutal. And the, and the voters, it was, it was kind of a referendum on Trump and, you know, we lost Georgia, we lost Pennsylvania. I mean, the, what's his name? Um, what was that guy whose Fetterman. wife ran off to Quebec or whatever? Fetterman? Fetterman. Yeah. Yeah. She ran off to Canada, right? Yeah. yeah she yeah. left him in the hospital and went out. Yeah. That makes sense. I think he's so still like, in the hospital. Yeah. Yeah, no. Hey, man. <laughs> Could you imagine? Could you imagine your wife is giving birth or something, and you're like, "Hey, sweetie, I'm gonna go on a hunting trip for a couple of weeks. I'll be back. I'll be back." You know, like, what? Yeah. What? Crazy. She's got to be one of the worst human beings in the world. For I, my, for I my mean, money. Well, I mean, she just she just weighed him out, man. She knows she knows that she's gonna be appointed to that that fatty seat. So she's just she's just hoping. Hoping and praying, man, that he didn't pull through, which is terrifying when you really think about it. I'm obviously joking, you know. Kind of. <laughs> idiots. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I don't I'm know. kidding, I'm kidding, but idiots. Yeah, I mean, that's, I, I, you know, you, I, I can put two and two together here, right. you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, that, so I, I agree with you, but I also think that 
it comes down to a couple places. And I, if he doesn't get back on message, he has no shot. But, you know, again, Joe Biden is going to campaign from a, from the White House. And by that, I mean, like, the basement of the White House, like, eating ice cream. Like, he's not going to do anything. Of, he's of still the incumbent, so. man. He's still the incumbent. And that matters. Like, it's just. Oh, for sure. For yeah, sure. It's, I don't know. And I, I don't know what, you know, I don't know what it's going to take for Republicans to to move on from Trump either, you know. And it's not like, and I'm not saying he was a complete failure as a president. He did a lot of things that I liked. But, man, it's, I, I don't know how, I mean, the, the whole loyalty test thing, the fact that so many Republicans are falling for it is, is insane. It's insane. I mean, the fact that they're they're really buying into the Trump line, you know, you, you, you be loyal to me because because why? Because you were president. Like, I, I don't I don't get it. Like, what? Like, what is he doing for his supporters? Like, has he done anything for these the, the, the people in prison for January 6th or anything? You know, like those are his supporters and they're rotten in prison. It's like Trump doesn't care about you. He doesn't care about anybody but himself. And that just like every other, you know, same as DeSantis or Biden or anybody, they're all to want to be president of the United States. You have to be a a madman you have to be a little bit of a sociopath to believe that you're the best fit for the oval office you know like i certainly don't think that about myself but uh i mean it's like the fact that all these republicans are behaving like democrats i mean they're just like falling in line and and behind this cult of personality and it makes no sense man like politicians are just a tool man they're like a hammer or a screwdriver. It's like you use it when they're the best tool for the job, and when they're not, you move on to something else, man. Like, if I love my hammer, I, I, I'm not going to use it to try to kill a deer. You know, I'd rather use my rifle for that. You know, you bring the tool that's best for the job, and just because Trump was the best man for the job in 2016 does not mean he is now. 2016 was a long time ago, man. The country was a lot different then. And, I mean, if you're looking at the candidates, the potential candidates— like, if you can't look at, say, Ron DeSantis versus Trump and realize that DeSantis is your best chance to take back power, you're crazy. I mean, like, you're just, you're not living in reality at that point. No, for sure. I mean, and, and you know, to your point about kind of getting past Trump, I mean, I, if, if I were, you know, I, I guess like this, this is sort of two part. I mean, you got the first part, which is if I were advising like a DeSantis, for example, these people just need to take a full swing. I never understand why, you know, like Trump doesn't care. He takes a full, full freaking swing at somebody when it's time. You know, there's no holding back or playing like Marco Rubio. Like I'm going to, I'm going to make kind of a sly joke about our, our wiener sizes here on the national state. Like, I mean, he takes a swing at you. And so like DeSantis doing the kind of passive thing, like I get it. Like I, I get why people are kind of weird by that, but, it's just take a full swing. I'm Ron DeSantis. I did not listen to the federal government helmed by Donald Trump during 2020. And our state was better for it. I surround myself with experts that I trust and that have proven track records. And my experts got us to where the state of Florida was the most sought after state in the United States of America. We fared better than the rest of the world did in COVID. Even with a geriatric population, we are doing everything that we can to build businesses and attract more, you know, customers, if, if you will, to the state of Florida. And, you know, I've stood in the face of, of corporate America. I've served. I've done all these different things. Trump hasn't. Thanks. Full stop. Like, you don't need to, you don't need to, like, sugarcoat anything. You just come. That, that is the case. 
And if I'm Trump, I'm going around and I'm I'm humbling myself a pretty good bit going around to all of my different constituencies that were for me in 2016 and saying, hey, you know, we've learned some things along the way. We're going to do it better. And then going from there and then actually putting serious money behind what he's doing, because a lot of like the Trump generosity stuff plays with people. And if he actually like went and to your point, put a lot of money behind some of the things that he's doing, I think it'd pay off in a in a big way. But, you know, we'll just we'll have to see. But I do think it is kind of funny, like half these people, they, they like sugarcoat these weird, like veiled attacks against Trump because they're like, oh, God forbid, like Donald Trump comes and gives me like a playground nickname. It's like, bro, like play for real. Like this, it, this is big boy, you know, representative politics, man. Like I, I saw some local lady who she, she tried to do this, this same thing against um, this other guy that's running for mayor in Jacksonville. And she was like, dirty Daniel Davis. And I was like, are you 12? Oh, no. <laughs> like, let's, like, <laughs> oh, no. I mean, good Lord. And, and the, the attack was like, dirty Daniel Davis party with a strip club owner. Do we want him to serve as mayor of Jacksonville? And I'm like, I feel like a lot of people of Jacksonville, like that message resonates. Dude, They're like, say, have you ever I been wish. to Jacksonville? <laughs> uh, yeah. It's like, I wish that I could party with someone like that. My God, man. I have no friends, you know, <laughs> like, that. I don't know, man. And, and, but yeah, she lost. I've, I've spent a lot of time in Jacksonville. So I, I, enough to know that that is not a winning message. Oh my hey, God. You, you got to come visit next time. You're there, oh so. dude. Absolutely, man. I, uh, yeah. I just, um, I, I think, I think you're right. I, I, I'd have to guess DeSantis is his, his team is, is like, he, he knows he's going to have to take on Trump and, and actually hit him where it counts. I, I'd imagine they're waiting until he actually gets in the race, probably in June or July, something like that. Um, at least, you know, I, I think what the legislative session ends in May, late May or early June, I think in Florida. So I think he wants to wait until that's all over. He's going to get a whole bunch more wins. He might get, you know, constitutional carry school choice stuff. He's going to get some more like conservative victories, uh, through the legislature. Um, so he's probably going to wait till that's like, all over. Do you like constitutional carry? By the way? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, of course. Okay. I mean, okay. I, I mean, I, yeah, we have it here in Ohio and I think 21 or 22 other states. I mean, dude, I, you know, all, I don't believe that there should be any gun laws at all. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, anything the United States military owns, I should be able to own or more. Honestly, I think that the, the general population should be better armed than the United States army. Um, Unironically, I, I, I'm not just being cute here. I, you know, I, I do believe that, and I believe that's what the founding fathers believed as well. But, um, but I, I just have to imagine. I, and I don't know. I think you're right that he should take on Trump more directly now. But I think that's the thinking of the campaign. Like we're just gonna wait, stay above the fray, and then once we jump in, then we'll really jump in. I don't know if that's good or bad. I, I do know that DeSantis has way smarter people around him than Trump does. And I, I talked about this on Monday, like. Every campaign and every even presidential administration has a brain drain over time. And the people that helped Trump win in 2016 are not there. Um, I mean, it's just like, I don't know exactly who's running the show, but it's just like Trump and his sons and a bunch of Twitter trolls. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't have the same caliber of political actor around him than that he did in, in 2016. And DeSantis's team is solid. Like they do know what they're doing. They just won Florida by 20 points. You know, they they know how to campaign. So I think 
you know, I, I think you're right that he should be more aggressive now, but I don't know. You kind of have to trust that they they know what they're doing because I mean they have they're on a they're on a hot streak, you know. So it's like I don't, oh, yeah, don't want to no, criticize the people with the the hot hand too bad, you know. Oh no, I mean, for, I mean, if I were him, I would wait to the last possible second to get in. Why? 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 You have an unbelievable name ID nationwide. You probably have Florida locked up. You don't need to do anything. Like you right. could just sort of just chill let it ride. And then when it comes time, then you just hang out in Iowa and South Carolina and spend some time in New Hampshire. Like, do we really think New Hampshire's appetite is for Trump over DeSantis? Like that's, he's got that one locked up. I mean, South Carolina, probably, it's probably a dead heat. Maybe, maybe Trump comes out ahead on that one. Iowa, they feel it, it to me, at least it feels like, you know, DeSantis with a thumb on the scale. So, I mean, before Super Tuesday, you're looking at you know, tie ball game. Yeah. Like, and Super Tuesday, you get Florida. So, I mean, I don't know. I I think, I think he doesn't, it doesn't do any harm for him to just chill. Absolutely just chill. But, I mean, we'll see. We'll see how it all plays out. I mean, you know, hopefully we have a country by then. You know, we got China and Russia colluding and we got, uh, you know, they're thinking about, they're thinking about Taiwan and taking over all, all the microchips while they, plant military bases around the around the world i mean who needs who needs microchips anyway yeah i mean we're hemorrhaging money to ukraine which i i grow more and more skeptical of the ukraine thing the more the loud voices that i don't trust say that it's an imperative battle so don't know what's going on there but uh, i don't like it anymore so i mean i know know that's a logical fallacy but it, it does when, when your enemies and people that you really don't like are like, you have to do this, it's just, huh. <laughs> you know? well, I mean, think about how the, the pro-war crowd is talking about Russia now. They're, they're speaking the same way about Russia as they were a year ago, you know, February of, of last year when, when they invaded Ukraine, about how we have to stop Russia, they're the biggest threat on Earth, they're going to take over NATO, they're going to conquer Poland and Germany next and all this. A year later, they can't even take Ukraine still. So it's like, for me, may, I'm a simple man, Tyler. Maybe I, I'm just maybe I'm just way off here. But I'm sitting here like, if anything, if we've learned anything over the last year, it's that Russia is absolutely no threat to anybody. <laughs> you know, like they're not a threat to the United States. They're not a threat to NATO. They can't even conquer Ukraine, who has no navy and no air force. You know what I mean? So it's like. And there, and the fact that people are still like it's an existential threat. There, Russia will take over Europe if we don't give Ukraine, a, a, you know, trillions of dollars and this and that and F-16s and Abrams and all this. It's like, well, how are you still using that line a year later? It doesn't even make sense anymore. Like at least, like I understand why that was effective propaganda a year ago, but why would anybody believe that? Now? Like that has been disproven over the last year. So it's like. Yeah, it's fascinating to me that people are still buying the line, man. It makes it makes absolutely no sense. Oh, I mean, a thousand percent. It, it it absolutely makes no sense. And I also, I mean, talk about like congressional approval for war and sanctions and all that kind of stuff. I mean, we're we're so far afield from constitutional norms as it relates to what exactly the executive branch of government can do with war. We, I mean, we've essentially authorized a shadow proxy war, and then. Now that we've had a drone taken out by a Russian SIG, like, aren't we're, I mean, we're basically in a hot conflict 
against Russia. I, I, I just nothing about it. Nothing about it makes any sense at all from an international law standpoint, from a treaty standpoint, from a congressional or a constitutional standpoint. And, I, you know, I don't know. The water is is so incredibly muddy and somebody is getting unbelievably rich. Don't know who yet, but I'm sure we'll figure it out in five to 10 years. Absolutely. 100%. And I, I wanted to get to the uh, 20 year anniversary of the Iraq war, but I'm going to have to save that for the next podcast because we're out of time. Uh, Ty, I know you're not really on Twitter anymore, but uh, if anybody wants to follow you on, on the gram or on Twitter, where can they find you? I actually don't know what my, my Instagram handle is. I don't know. <laughs> Tyler Gregory Grant, something like that. I don't know. I just post about roses and my new love for planting things. I'm trying to trying to get into the blueberry game. We'll see. Oh. It'd be really funny to, to buy a blueberry farm and make it profitable and call it like blue balls farm or something like that. I think it'd be hilarious, but we'll see. I mean, I, I hope you ironically buy a blueberry farm. I'll, I will let you know, man. I'll send you the first package. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll if you can find him on the gram, follow Tyler. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Monday. No gimmicks. <laughs> Thank you.